You're listening to The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. We are a community of recovering people who have overcome the odds and found the courage to change. Each week, we share stories of recovery from substance abuse, eating disorders, grief and loss, childhood trauma, and other life-changing experiences. Come join us no matter where you are on your recovery journey. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change Recovery Podcast. My name is Ashley Loeb Blassingame, and I am your host. And today I am here doing a nurse series episode. Scott. People can't see, but I'm raising my eyebrows a lot. Mm-hmm, he is. That's kind of an important part of me. You can't see us. So if you want to like feel what it feels like to be in this conversation, like Raise my eyebrows, eyebrows are, are raised a lot. And I have a lot of uh, wrinkles on my forehead for that reason, because it's a lifetime of uh, eyebrow raising. I need to have the like capacity to really raise them up. No, look, I can raise no, my eyebrows. No, you're not. I am. They're look not, at my they're eyebrows. They're not even moving. They're not even moving. That's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> my eyebrows are absolutely moving. My forehead is not moving. Listen, nurses, you know what's up. It's barely. You know I mean, what's it's up. Like, it's, it's, you it's, met the injectors. It's, you know. It's just, it's just recognizable as an eyebrow raise. You Excuse know? me. <laughs> Excuse. Let me just tell you that my children, when they see that eyebrow, they know what's up. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think mom's trying to raise her eyebrows. Oh my God. I, <laughs> and I have had it where it was questionable. I have. I have. I've had it where it was questionable. I've, ha- I've had it also where it like pinched a little thing. Like I had two parts that were frozen. Oh, no. And so it like I smiled and there was a little. Yeah, I've, I've had some. I've had some. How do they reverse that? Time. Time. Just let the poison seep out and then you... Correct. <laughs> Lymph. Lymph. I've never Lymph. heard it just thrown out there like that. Just like a hard limp Just a drainage. lymph action. Yes, lymph some action. Lymph, <laughs> <some> lymph action. <laughs> well, you know, we're starting with this medical talk because this is part of our nurses series. Exactly. And, uh, we only want to have content that is directly applicable to nurses. Correct. And by that, I mean, this is applicable to a lot of folks, but we are targeting this towards an important group, uh, which is nurses who might be struggling. Scott thinks that if he keeps saying nurses, the word nurses, then you'll know. Why don't you say it a couple more times? Nurses. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, oh, is this for nurses? For nurses. Okay. Good. No, just checking. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I think the audience was confused as to what, who well, this. Sort of like if yeah. I just keep saying it, I figured they would yeah. like maybe they might hear it yeah. through your your headphones. Yeah. And they might come gather around you. Yeah. They're yeah. like they're like it was confusing. I, just... I thought long haul truck drivers for a second, but then I was like, oh, n- nurses. Got it. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Though, like if they hear it through your headphones yeah. and they hear that word a lot, like eventually yeah. they'll start. Like it's like if you were at the grocery store and somebody was yelling Ashley over and over again, mm-hmm. even if you know it has nothing to do with you, like you're going to look eventually. That's I mean, if same. someone's yelling at the grocery store, I'm going to look. <laughs> I'm gonna, I might Carl! Actually... <laughs> Carl! I might, hit, I might hit the deck, you know what I mean? <laughs> In this these day, this day and age, someone's above a whisper. I'm uh, I'm you hiding. Know, grocery gets heated, but anyway, nurses. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, How nurses. Nurses are... have a hard enough time. Here we go. We got this guy just. <laughs> it's just a nice word. All yeah, right. just 
telling you the what your profession is. Got it. Our Q and A mm-hmm. for today. Oh boy, is don't do how it. The, is for nurses. Nope. <laughs> now you're baiting me. Now you're oh, it's you're my tapping. Fault. You see you're this? Tapping. It's always the woman's fault. <laughs> oh always the woman's fault. Eh, you're it's fine. tapping into my oppositional hmm. mindset. At this mm. point, you're telling me not to. And so every part Women of me is saying, <laughs> baiting the man oh into God. aggressive behavior. Where did producer Scott go? Well, <laughs> Ashley was fine, but he got canceled super hard. <laughs> it started with him just saying nurses too much. And then <laughs> and then literally he had to get fired. <laughs> weird. Hi. But as I was saying, yeah, as you're saying that our Q&A for today is how the four stages of addiction show up at work. I think a lot of times there's this perception, especially maybe in a career like nursing, where I think there is a expectation people have about what a nurse is supposed to act like and what that interaction is supposed to be like. So I think there's a lot of people who are struggling, but they have to put on their nurse costume and act like a nurse. And included in that is a lot of sort of hiding maybe what's going on there. So Ashley, can you walk us through this concept of how these sort of four stages of addiction might be showing up? Up at work. Absolutely. So to all my nurse folk out there. Don't say it. I just did. <laughs> Uh, I actually, before we were doing this, I have long compared the stages of alcoholism to the stages of cancer. The reason being that most people know that if someone tells you I have stage four insert type of cancer, most people go, oh gosh, that's very likely terminal, right? That's all they know. They don't know stage three. They don't know stage two. They don't know stage one. They don't even really know stage four, but they have an idea, right? Alcoholism and addiction, a lot of the time are like the stages of cancer in that people think of alcoholism. They think of addiction, drug addiction, whatever it is, the process addiction, and they think of stage four, homeless, paper bag, white man under the bridge, like that or whatever it is, like their version of stage four, whatever they associate it with. What I think is really important is to understand that stage four, as many of you know, it there are a lot of there's a lot of time that goes before that usually and a lot of symptoms that erupt before you get that stage four diagnosis. And as it relates to alcoholism and addiction, stages one, two, and three are much more common than the stage four that we see out in the world. And stages, particularly stages one and two, are extremely common in the workplace. Many, many people are in stage one and two and totally able to manage their lives. So I want to talk a little bit about what these stages look like and having an idea of how they might show up in the nursing workplace. So early alcoholic stage, right? We're going to call this stage one. In that, your consumption, whatever you're using, is increasing and your tolerance may be developing a little bit. Maybe you need a little bit more to achieve the same effects. You're starting to use it to cope with negative emotions or stress, but you're absolutely still able to maintain a semblance of normalcy in your personal and professional life. So again, this is incremental increase. One of the things I love about the stages of cancer as it relates to the stages of alcoholism is that in cancer, with cancer, 
one of the things that we look at for the stages is whether or not the cancer cells, the diseased part of the body is localized or if it's traveling. That's a huge piece. And so I think of early stages of alcoholism and addiction as being the consequences are very localized. They're they're your consequences. You have a hangover. That's a consequence. You tripped and fell. Within the realm of some semblance of normalcy, it's you know, at home, you forgot to turn off the the lights. And so you have a high bill, whatever it is, right? They're localized to you consequences and maybe a little bit to, to people that are super close to you, but it's not affecting your outer world. And that's stage one. Little things are starting to happen. Stage two is it's starting to creep out, right? So, you know, as, uh, In cancer, it's nearby structures. Maybe it's a lymph. Maybe it's a nearby organ. It's nearby structures to where it started. With addiction and alcoholism, maybe you forgot to pay a bill that is going to affect the family. Maybe So you're starting to affect a couple people further out. Your your friend, you didn't show up for that thing. You forgot to cover someone's shift. So you're starting, it's starting to creep. There's creep. And that's stage two. It's starting to have a little bit further consequences. Uh, you know, think of it as invading nearby tissues and those tissues are, are other people. There's moments of loss of control over the drinking. So maybe there's some blackouts. Maybe once you start you struggle to stop like, oh, you're fine as long as you're not drinking. But then when you drink, you feel like you just end up drinking too much. You prioritize drinking over other activities. Your physical or psychological health become more evident with relationships with family and friends and those relationships become more strained. So again, we're starting to have these effects. Maybe you've shown up to work and you don't feel well because you're hungover, but you're not drunk at work. Stage two, it's like you're still able to keep your work life much more in check. But again, there's creep, right? It's getting a little bit closer. Stage three is where a lot of people seek help. We want people to seek help in stage two because it's much easier to deal with. But stage three is where a lot of people seek help because that creep is larger and it starts to creep into work. Ways that it creeps into work, you are really hungover at work. Maybe you're even mildly intoxicated at work. Maybe you have stolen just one pill, maybe diverted some medication. Maybe you lie about where you were or you miss a shift or you forget to do something. There's some medical error. This is where we start to see things break down and where it becomes more visible to people. That's when other people start to notice kind of stage three. DUIs, for example, are this consequence that creeps into work life for nurses. Because if you get a DUI as a nurse, even though it didn't happen at work, it still gets reported to the nursing board. So that's where we start. And you know, you could you can look at it like stage three A and three B, right? You could you could create different categories for this, but that's where nurses start to want to seek help. And maybe three B is where you get reported to the nursing board. Again, stage four is where you lose your job. Stage four is where it comes off the rails. Like you are putting your life back together in a big way. You maybe lose custody. You know, that's where we're looking at stage four, we got big, big consequences in stage four. It's like it's metastasized. It's in all areas of your life. It's you're now dealing with you have government problems, you have DMV problems, you have like, (laughs) it's just 
you're going to, every area of your life is now diseased. I find that nurses are a lot of times at late stage two, where they're trying desperately to keep alcoholism and addiction out of the workplace. That's their hard line in the sand. And they're like, as long as it doesn't affect my work, it's not a problem. What I see is that they mistake what is actually affecting their work. They think that it's not affecting their work because they're not drunk at work. But the reality is they're prioritizing that drinking. They're hungover. They don't feel well. They're grumpy. They're not providing the same care. They're unhappy. They're letting people down. So that's my, that's my, uh, those are my stages. And I, I feel like it's a very good description of the progression and what it might look like for nurses. So why, why would it be important for people to understand these concepts? I think that the importance, number one, is that the stages help you look at it as a medical condition. When we think about the way that a disease grows and affects our outside life and, and how it starts to affect more and more things, we can picture that as it relates to cancer, right? And especially if you're if you're in the medical field, you can picture how that starts to metastasize, how it starts to move out. And an addiction, it's just a different version of the same thing. And it is a disease and it is a health condition and it is all those things. So I like using that because I think it's it, we can comprehend it. But also someone with stage one and two cancers walking around and might be able to, is likely able to conceal that. And live what looks like a normal life to many people. But if you catch cancer or alcoholism and addiction earlier in its progression, you have a better chance and an easier time of recovering. When people get to stage four, when they take it all the way, it's it's a full life upheaval. It is a complete dismantling and reassembling of everything in your world because everything in your world has been affected by the disease. And it's harder. It's a lot harder and it takes longer. Early detection, right? <laughs> early detection. It's something we all understand. For nurses, early detection keeps you away from the nursing board. And so many people, that's their fear. They're greatest fear is that they're going to have to deal with the nursing board, except the fact that they're not dealing with it makes them more likely to have to deal with the nursing board. Seeking help earlier, even if even if you're doing moderation management, even if you aren't going to be abstinent forever, whatever it is, even if it's just a, like I, I'm over drinking because I'm stressed and I don't know how to handle it and I don't like my career anymore, whatever the reason is, you may not have to be abstinent for the rest of your life. But if you seek help to uncover what's going on and why you're using a substance to help you cope with the thing you're unhappy about, then you are reducing your chances of ending up dependent on a substance and ending up dealing with a nursing board. And that's my goal. And that's what we're doing with the nurses program at Lion Rock is offering nurses a place to figure out what it is that's causing them to drink or or use, sometimes the trauma that they have not processed, if processed, they may be able to deal with that and go back to a semi, you know, normal existence that it's trauma, it's not alcoholism. But you don't know until you start to peel it apart. And nurses need a safe place to do that. And so that that's why we started the nursing series. That's why that's why we have the nurses program because we know that it's a very underserved population and that nurses need our help. If you hear yourself in stage two or stage three, like what are what are the first couple of things that you're doing? I encourage people to listen to the other nurses' stories. 
that we have published and the other podcasts in the Nurses series, please feel free to call the admissions line and talk to any of the Lion Rock Recovery Admissions Counselors and find out more information about the Nurses Program, about the Moderation Management Program, about the Trauma Program or the Gender Specific Program, whatever it is that speaks to you. Call and get some information. The conversation costs you nothing. And there are a lot of resources out there that even if we're not the right choice, we can point you in the right direction. You can go to linerockrecovery.com. There's a free helpline, which is 800-258-6550. Free helpline is 800-258-6550. I believe you can text that number. And there's also a live chat on the website at lionrockrecovery.com. And you can live chat or you can use the old telephone and give them a call and talk to somebody who can tell you more about those programs and just find more information. Info gathering is, is a great place to start. To all the nurses listening, thank you so much for all that you do. We know you are overworked, underpaid, understaffed, under-resourced, and we want you to know that we care about the health and safety and well-being of our nurses, and I very much hope that anybody who feels like this is them, that they reach out for help, I am rooting for you. Feel free to email me, podcast at lionrock.life. I will respond, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks so much. This podcast is sponsored by LionRock.life. LionRock.life is a diverse and supportive recovery community offering weekly over 70 online peer support meetings, useful recovery information, and entertaining content. Whether you're newly sober, have many years in recovery, or you're recovering from something other than drugs and alcohol, we have space for you. Visit www.LionRock.life today and enter promo code COURAGE for one month of unlimited peer support meetings free. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.